it's Lau Fake Radio, Season 2, Episode 3. Can you believe it? Uh, yes, we can. Crazy. And I'm here looking at D.D. as a punk rapper, D.D. King. D.D. King. What a dork that. Today is... <laughs> he calls himself D.D. King. <laughs> Today is the day for, my God, parody music, I guess. Or if not parodies. Well, yeah. Right? You Could got D.D. King as a punk rapper. I got White Flag here. Okay. Well, the, the weird thing about that whole D.D. Ramon thing is that, like, the way I look at it is, you know, he was a punk rocker in 1974, so by the time the 90s came around, he, he was, was pretty bored. Yeah, he was over it, man. It's amazing more people weren't bored by it by then, yeah. Right? Crazy stuff, but... Uh, Crazy punk... Wait, isn't there a time period there when, like, when there was, like, a hardcore scene in everybody's hometown, and then by hell, by 1980. Eight for me, that was over. I mean, I thought like, oh, that's that hardcore scene thing everywhere. That's like over. Like something new has to happen. You know? And then 89, 90, it was like, and people would even joke by 1990, 91, people would be like joking. Like, oh yeah, I, I know this girl, her brother's like a punk, you know? <laughs> oh really? How's the scene up there where he lives? That's hilarious. Because it was so passe by then. But then of course... You know, mass media got a hold of it, and well, I think Justin Timberlake started dyeing his hair white, and then he's well, like, "Oh no. yeah, it's just cool to be punk." You know? When the Nirvana and the the Green Day came out, that's pretty much what solidified, I think, the death of like the you know the real punk well, and yeah, hardcore scenes. You know, I guess, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, after yeah. that, you know, punk was pop. But then by that, yeah, by the mid '80s and late '80s, '90s, '90s, I remember it terrified me at first when I saw. Was it Justin Timberlake in sync or no? Not in sync. Wait, was he in in sync? Uh, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, when when like I saw this, you know, this boy band with with like the, you know, the, like there weren't that many white boy bands for a while there until the, the, uh, maybe they weren't the first one, but oh no, New Kids on the Block. But they came out and Justin Timberlake, like his hair is dyed bleached blonde in one of those type of bands, and that sounds like nothing today. You'd be like, why was that weird? But it was terrible when I first saw it. It was so weird that genre cross thing <laughs> of like, wait a second. It wasn't just like, oh, we can do whatever we want. It was gonna be cool. It was like, wait, why is there a guy looking like a punk in a boy band or whatever? Dancing that is? It, and singing in falsetto. It was really no. It was really disturbing at first. It was like, whoa, what the hell? It was because it was this total, you know, it was this total like. Uh, uh, it was a, it was a totally commercial move. They were trying to integrate things to sell things. It wasn't like, oh yeah, he's just doing his thing, you know. Anyway, what what did you hear there? What? Yeah, so the intro music we played was uh, the Ventures playing Telstar. It's uh, from a um, record uh, on the Dalton label. Catalog number is BLP dash two zero one nine. That was uh, two minutes and thirty seven seconds of the Ventures doing their thing. I don't know if everybody else knows, but uh, I play in a surf rock band, so I got tons of this stuff. And uh, I think I'm going to start, you know, I've kind of exhausted a lot of my underground metal records. So now, yeah, now I'm going to bring my point, underground surf re- we music. We don't have the, the giant catalog that uh, some people, ha- that some of our guests have. But yeah, Matt. So Telstar, right? oh, Matt has everything. Telstar and Hellstar. Telstar and Hellstar. Oh, that's oh, the, boy. That's the good so we're stuff, playing man. Hellstar. Yeah, yeah well, the others are underground metal. Hellstar. What the... That's, is that, that seminal? Is that super underground? James though? That's Rivera. Not, not yeah, really yeah. underground, is it? I mean, what Hellstar? Yeah. It's totally underground. Is it really? Man. Well, how, who's heard of Hellstar? Who's like? Oh, everybody normal? I know. Oh yeah, really? Well, well, <laughs> all the metal, all the heavy metal people know. Not everybody, heavy metal people. I know a lot of heavy metal people who don't know who Hellstar is. Really? Well, then we're yes. Gonna have, we're gonna have to what turn. Are you some talking people, about man? We have to turn some people onto that tonight. Oh really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what it sounds like to be honest with you. 
All I know is James Rivera was in it, and he was in. He played with us and toured with us, and in, in uh, it's what good you, stuff, man. In uh, uh, his band after that, uh, what do you call him? Um, Destiny's End. Destiny's End. You don't remember? Th- oh wait, were you around them? At yeah, all? yeah, we played with Destiny's End. Oh yeah, at, the, at that ridiculous Kalamazoo. At fest. the famous yeah, yeah, Kalamazoo yeah, yeah. Metal Classic. That was like the fest. third time we. Yeah, we played with them in Europe. We played them here. Actually, oh my God. And then we play that when you that was your first trip with us, really, like a first out of town show. Um, we played a show with Destiny's End uh, in 1999 and Nevermore. And the headliner was Iced Earth. <laughs> John Schaefer was there. And uh, my God, that's crazy to think about. Um, only time we've ever played with Iced Earth at the Cocodry, San Francisco. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in the golden nineties. The, the golden nineties. That was at the very end of it. That was that was James Rivera uh, from Hellstar in uh, Destiny's End with Perry Grayson on guitar. I met that whole band because then we played with them. We were we, they were part of the resurgence of like you know true metal when we were putting like Twilight of the Idols out and they put their uh, debut album out on Metal Blade, so they got to go on fancy tours and hey, then, so we played bus. with them here. Then we met up with them over in in, on the bus. in Europe. And played a couple shows with them and War Dog and, and uh, 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 oh God, Sacred Steel over in Germany. And then we played with them again. Where we saw them all over the place. And we played with them in Kalamazoo, yeah. Did we hang out with them there, though? I think we hung out with everybody there. Because, I mean, I remember ha- I hung out a bunch of Des- with those guys from Destiny's End at the, at the other gigs. But that one, I, I remember seeing them, but I, I don't remember much interaction. Anyway, whatever. They weren't at the hotel, I don't think. The I remember talking to them in the lobby of that. Like um, Perry Grayson and those guys. Yeah, in the lobby of the. Uh, um, that of theater. The, of the theater, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's was a where big the real. Ass. That's where the party was. Well, yeah, that's where everybody was. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. where the party. No one was, was. watching the bands. No, in the, yeah, the exactly. Gigantic, five billion person theater with like. Yeah. Nobody was watching the bands. Everybody was best, hanging yeah. out in the lobby, because there was a couple of people selling records. Yeah. There was a food. Couple, yeah, and the only reason I know this is because I saw some pictures online. And I actually have a couple of pictures of of me like posing with somebody in the lobby. Oh that, yeah, there's a that, bunch of pictures. There's a video thing. of me yeah, out of there that, with Scott. And Wolf. there was a couple of dudes selling like, you know, European import vinyl. Yeah. And so, you know, that was pretty cool. And I think everybody was looking at the records, drinking beers and stuff. What's his name was uh Mark Sheldon was out there. That's when I met Mark Sheldon for the first time. Because uh, you know, obviously they played. They were staying in the in the prostitution yeah, hotel well, yeah. with us. And then uh, I remember the vinyl uh, sales because John Cobbett, when we got on stage <laughs> uh, in the middle don't of the set, the you remember that? You remember it's that? overpriced. Yeah, you remember that? He said, "Don't buy the vinyl; it's overpriced." Which he's probably right. I don't blame him for saying that. Actually, because it's like, dude, those people got it now. That is ridiculous. You know, they're charging ridiculous prices at festivals. It's supposed to be it's supposed to bro down and be underground. You know. Yeah, that's how much. That's why we make so much money. Exactly. Because hey. we, we still sell records we're, for twenty we're, bucks. We're for the people, you know. What's uh, what? Uh, it's only been a couple weeks here, but uh, what happened this year? What happened in January? Anything happened so what, far? Uh, it's exciting. All kind, uh, a getting, lot of exciting stuff. That fatigue? I don't, I don't feel like I need to. I'm not talking about politics. I'm yeah, talking about yeah. Like I, don't, I don't feel need to to relive any of that You're stuff. Fatigued. Yeah. You got your um, fatigues on. Not not yeah. really fatiguing. I'm getting ear fatigue right now from this mask. You know. <laughs> I am. No, I got fatigued. Do you want me to make you one that has longer That's straps? That's okay. I'm fine. No. Seriously, I can make you one that has longer straps. No, but then, I, then it would fall off my face. Well, they, ha- they have a little adjustable Oh, thing. no, I have a couple of those, yeah. And those do they are, fit okay? Nice. Yeah, they're fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, I can make you some groovy masks. I'll okay. make you an Iron Maiden mask. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> an iron, all I need is an Iron Maiden mask. Yeah. Um, if it has Eddie, and, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd wear it. But I, of course you would. But I, yeah, okay. So you know. So okay. So play, just so what are we gonna play? What's well, gonna, we we talked about uh, Telstar and Hellstar, so we're just gonna play, play some Hellstar. Hellstar. Yeah, yeah. This know, is your um, James Rivera, man. Yeah, this is off of the Burning Star man. album. Man this from one, Texas, I believe. Yeah. This one's called Leather and Lust. So that was a uh, yeah, that was some Hellstar. 
Okay. Yeah, we're Hellstar. just we, yeah we just uh, Hellstar yeah. Telstar. We started with Telstar and then we played yeah, a Hellstar. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, my little one two brings back the the, the uh, no I, I don't actually remember that song but it was pretty cool actually. Was, I don't even cool. know what yeah. year that stuff came out. I don't know what I year. Mean, it's, it's 80s, like, I guess. Yeah, or late eighties. Late eighties, I think. But, late eighties, uh, early nineties. I, I don't know a lot about Hellstar. Um, I don't either. I just I just know that that a lot of people I started uh, well. I can't say I really started listening to Hellstar, but um, yeah, I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I downloaded Hellstar several years. Downloaded. Yeah. You downloaded it, man. I'm a download An man. underground band. I download from a Russian you website. Send them five bucks. A Russian website. Yeah, a oh, Russian cool. website. It's oh, like, so like, so like, it's going to influence the uh, uh, the vote uh, for the in, Dominion uh, voting machines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope because so. Because you downloaded it from a Russian website. Totally yeah. hackers. Yeah. Good. Okay. Hackers. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I only that, started doing it because like I don't know, maybe ten years ago or so. Um, you know, we were like in Europe or something, and and you guys or were all talking about Hellstar with somebody like else. Yeah. You know, you guys are talking about, and I, you know, and I, I wasn't I take, talking about Hellstar. Well, somebody or, was, Angelo. We were I don't probably know. talking about James Rivera. Yeah, and then, and then, I, you know, I take mental notes of these things, and yeah, then I, anyway. and then I go home and and download it, and I start yes. listening to it, and I go, oh, okay, this is cool. It's kind of cool that lead stuff. A lot of the stuff good, yeah. that you know I hear people talking about, or if I see in the record stores, you know, I download it sometimes to see if I really want to buy it, and I'm like, man, this is terrible, you know. But um, but, <laughs> the <laughs> you do. <laughs> but the hell, but the hell stars download cool, it for. I don't even know how to download stuff. Luckily, so I mean, I know how, I could, probably could, but but no, uh, I'll send you this Russian website. It's like fifteen cents a song. Okay, I guess if you download, wait, downloading stuff. Yeah, when someone sends you like a Dropbox file, you download it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, okay. But this okay. is just from an actual website where you know you. You pay like I don't know twenty bucks and you I get like forty dollars worth of credit. John Cobbett sent to me. Hey, he yeah. sent me some songs. And so I new songs, new hammers. Stuff he's well, it's not, I don't know what it, it's stuff that he's working on, and it's uh, I guess, I guess it's with like a drum machine and just like stuff in his house. I don't know. Yeah, he's probably got a lot of time to incubate. Well, yeah, I I don't know. He has a kid who's well, like it's winter time six in Montana or something. A lot of time so, yeah, inside. but he's got a kid who's you know, so that's a lot of time to. The kids, a, the kids big now though, right? He's like six. Yeah, that's a lot of when kids home all the time. That's a lot of work. But yeah, uh, it's not that bad. I guess I don't know. You I keep don't it know. in the crate, you know. Keep him in the crate. <laughs> <laughs> Throw him in the, in the yeah. But whatever it is, I don't know. But he's doing. He's working on some new stuff. I don't know. Hey, stay so that's tuned. John, and he'll probably come on this show soon. We're hoping. Uh, in fact, hopefully, real soon, and play some music. And Bob Wright from Brokus Helm, as we talked about, who I talked to today for. Almost Season an hour two on the is going to be epic, man. Will with Bob Wright from Broca's Helm, who, as we talked about, when you get him on the phone, you can't get him off the phone, which is great because I want to get him on here. Then he start talking and talking and talking away, and uh, again, he's got uh, he's got big jobs coming up. So, and then you talked about and uh, Jim cold Schumacher calling. from Broca's Helm. You talked about cold calling some people too, right? Well, possibly, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get some fun. Well, not now. right now, man. We got to play some music here. Right? Well, or do you want to? Well, we can cold call Mr. Tringali, but that's not really much of a yeah. He already knows we're going to call. Okay, well, yeah. uh, but anyway, Bobby Wright, a week from Broca's Helm, will be coming on here soon. I'm not quite sure when. And Jim Schumacher from Broca's Helm. Who probably wouldn't talk much if we had him on here. It would be funny anyway. Huh? If we could take a picture of him and have him. he uh, he got into a motorcycle accident. I think. Oh, did he? I really? Think he's okay though. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jesus. Some kind of crazy. That was a while ago, I think. But he rides motorcycles. I guess so. Yeah, of course he does, sense. man. Oh, you yeah, you weren't there, man. Back when. Okay, 
back when. Uh, <laughs> no, dude. No, no, no seriously. We, you, when you obviously you've played with us at Broca's Helm, but you never saw Jim on a motorcycle, right? No, I never. Oh saw Oh my him on god! A like we were, we were driving. Uh, to play some back in the golden nineties when you couldn't always get the best gigs. It was some like really like ba- you know like weeknight gig, like a Tuesday night or something out in like you know Petaluma or not not even out further out east somewhere. I Santa don't know. Rosa or something. No, it was actually east. Yeah, those, those are Concord, north, Tracy, somewhere like that. And you know we knew it wasn't going to be the best gig, and we got Broca's helm on the bill, and somehow. It was just sort of a nightmare situation. Like, we're playing this gig way out because we want to play Broca's Helm all the time. And we knew that you know, by the time of the, the day of the show that there weren't going to be a lot of people there and it was going to be kind of ridiculous. And so we're driving out there. It was just me and Greg and Scott. It was like the twilight of the Idols, uh, that that yeah, period, right? right? And um, No Chris, it's right? Been like, oh, no, way after that. Yeah, way after Chris. It was probably 1990. No, I said way after Chris. Probably back then things moved. Probably two or three years after you know, after Chris Hay left. So it was just me and Scott Beach and Greg Hay, which was, yeah, that was the band for a good year at least. You know, we were three-piece for over a year at that point. Um, and uh, we're driving. Did a lot of local gigs uh, uh, that way with that Twilight lineup. lineup. So we're playing. And Broca's Helm is like behind us somewhere. Uh, and then we finally see them on the highway, and, and they all traveled separately. They didn't have one van or vehicle. We had, like, Greg's truck, and, they, and there's, like, Bob Wright driving some, like, sports car, and Jack Hayes drove some other car, and then, like, the wizard, Jim Schumacher, is behind them on, like, a chopper. <laughs> and we see him on the highway, man, you know, going to the gig. Broke his helm driving down the back, highway. Base, like, that, that base of his strapped on his back. Or I don't remember what. Maybe not. Maybe, he had, maybe Bob had the base. He's on a goddamn chopper behind those guys. You know, of course. That's awesome. So I guess he came a cropper on the chopper, unfortunately. I mean, it was apparently his bad. I mean, I think he's fine. Uh-huh. I don't really know the details, but uh, I'm sure I probably shouldn't say too much. But uh, no, I hope he's but okay. okay. I mean, he's okay. No, he's definitely okay. He's wishes. not like, you know, he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's a bummer. But um, hopefully they'll be, well, I don't know. They've, they've got, well, we'll let Bob talk when he gets on here, but I get excited about, he says there's stuff that they've done, that they've Their written. Status. He has stuff that he's written. He's been playing with this other band, Hex, or something for a while. Really? You know about that? No. I, I, yeah, and uh, they played, they did a bunch of stuff before COVID, but whatever. Hex. When he gets here, there'll be plenty to talk about. In fact, he'll... Like, ha- he'll like H-E-C-K-S? Uh, like, yeah, like, what Hex. the heck's wrong yeah, with what you? what the heck's wrong with you? I think that's what it is, yeah. But yeah, Bob, we won't need to like really be here the day that Bob Wright does this because he's just so buoyant that you know, all you got to do is yeah, be open right. up the the door and let him go, man. And so you know, put a mic a in front of hour him. Hour long phone conversation. Um, so Citizen Wright will be here, uh, and maybe Mr. Tringali later. But before we get to that, uh, I was going to talk about uh, now. Nah, let's let's just play this. Uh, yeah, play some records, man. So, you know, this is the one of the weirdest album covers. I mean, I never really looked at it much. Even I had this as a teenager. It's uh, oh, Sam Hain. I mean, look at how ridiculous that is. It is. It's fantastic. You know, put aside the fact that Damien looks like a fruit bat there, you know, like like the rest of them look like, you know, misfits, weirdo, you know, dread d- devil lock. Mike is looking at the cover you've of got, Unholy Passion. And then you've got... Damien, who looks like the singer from Aha or something, you know. <laughs> if you remember the, the cartoon black and white video of Take On Me, you know. That, isn't that the same guy? Damien, I don't uh, think it is, but he looks like know. him. What is it? What is Wait. Aha. Were they Swedish? Where are they from? I have no idea, man. Switzerland or something. Anyway, that guy looks like, you know, he looks that style of guy. 
What was he doing in Sam Hain? Wasn't a very good guitar player either. But look at what is up with the with the 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 chick, or is that a chick, or what is that? It's a it's a demon uh, demon, a demon woman, chick vampire. It's like sort of hot, you know, big breasted looking uh, lady with the misfit skull on her face and and wings on her neck or something. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, the wings are not attached to her back. They're like on her neck. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, really it's unholy passion is what we're gonna play. I mean, I liked Sam Hain. I'm kind of weird about this stuff because I love the Misfits. I am a huge Misfits fan. Uh, Why don't we ev- ever play Misfits on this show? Because it's uh, maybe we should, but um, I mean, I don't. It really seems cliche. It, it is cliche, yeah. but let's see, I, I mean, only it's like playing the Ramones on this show. I'd be like, why are we doing that? You know? I only have two really rare Misfits records. I have the Return oh, of the Fly. Rare. I have the Return oh. of the Fly seven inch, and I have the the German pressing of Evil Live one. Okay, those are the rare? only two really rare. I have unholy. Well, I know I have uh, Die My Darling, which is not too rare, but it's a sort of a single twelve inch. Yeah, yeah, no. And I have uh, uh, you know Walk Among Us and. Earth AD, which isn't the great, is not their best album at all. I like that album. I almost brought that today. It's so like it just sounds too much like, like, uh, like New York hardcore. They got really into that whole. You know, well, I think whoever recorded that record, the the production is just really a Misfits album with bad production. How could that be? (laughs) Their other albums sound like yes. I don't know what. I mean, talk about okay, yeah. Obviously, they didn't. They sort of wanted bad production. I would hope, otherwise, they really. Well, Walk had Among a bad Us has, has has production. I think. Yeah, yeah, better than a lot. Uh, what are the Earth AD Wolf's Blood? Yeah. Yeah, but but, but it's not. No, it's really shoddy production. Yeah, it's I mean, it sounds great, but the ultimate is uh, actually probably my favorite thing they did is is um is well, it's not a record. It's the singles they did. What's the name of that compilation of their singles? Um, uh, seven hits from hell. No, no, no. The one, the much longer one. That's like it's a record album. You could buy it, but it was all singles. Oh, what Leg- Legacy of Brutality. Yeah, Legacy of Brutality. Yeah, that's a good one. I have a cassette of that, and I might even have the. No, I don't have the vinyl. I never did. I, I have had a cassette. The vinyl. Of, yeah, you got the vinyl. But that's all singles. Yeah. Right. But that has some songs on there. Probably might have the worst production I've ever heard, <laughs> with the with the exception of Man of War's "Hail to England," which has the worst production yeah, of any bad. record ever put out in the history of mankind. All like high mid range. What the hell is up with the production on that? All you can hear is the piccolo bass. It's god awful. Uh, but uh, Man of War sort of that's one of the things that makes them like endearing, though, is the they have the worst production ever on most of their like famous albums, you know. Uh, yeah, and but so th- and so then they went and re-recorded Battle Hymns. Like well, Battle Hymns has the best production on any Man of War. That isn't I, that bad. That I know, probably... but then they went and they re-recorded. I know. That. I don't understand. Like that, that was so weird. And I listen. I I listened to the re-recorded version. Yeah. And it sound any better? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I actually kind of like that record. I like, I love the production that record. on that record. I mean, is actually better than the other albums after it. Because it's more like ghetto. It's stuff. well, no, not at all. It's. I, don't know. I mean, it's more it's lo-fi, but it's but it's the guitar sound isn't terrible on it. It's got uh, it's got uh, it cuts. It just has a it has a it has a, a balanced production for a cheapo, you know, like underground album. It sounds pretty cool. Whereas Hail to England is oh my god, yeah, what, it sounds terrible. What what is that like? What any sign of the hammer a little bit better too. But but uh, what's the other one? Into, Into Glory Ride has terrible production too. Anyway, but uh, well, having said that, uh, let's. Uh, so the Misfits, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Doyle, it, it should be should get an award for the worst guitar sounds ever, because 
It's a. I mean, it works. It sounds Wolfgang great. Doyle von Frankenstein. Un, yeah, it's un, unbelievable. Some of his guitar sounds. They're so bad. <laughs> it, you couldn't even. Like, they're not just the worst guitar sounds I've ever heard. They're the worst possible guitar sounds you could get on any planet, on any Which is, universe. I wonder, like. It's I, commendable as hell. I, you know? I never saw um, The Misfits live. Yeah, I'm curious, like when. They oh, did... now it's probably all nice Marshalls and Price. Yeah, but like, yeah. but how, is he trying to replicate those sounds? Yeah, I doubt you know it. I mean? But like, you never, I, I, because that's what we all think of, right? Oh no, it would be lame if it wasn't that way, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it would be much better if he used the worst guitar sound ever. Yeah. What would you do? You take like a PV Butcher and like scoop it and just like use like a really bad like. uh you know, one of those red distortion pedals from the eight. I can't remember the name. Oh, of the I have. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dunlop uh, or something. No, yeah. Dunlop. Maybe some, I know maybe the ones no. you mean. I have one in that bag over there. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, it maybe that's what you would do. Yeah, no, just get know. like a a kind of low end guitar with crappy pickups. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did he use like what did he use? I have no he idea. Didn't have any money. Yeah. I, so I'm sure he wasn't did like he used like Washburns and or not Washburns. He, uh, Moss rights and, st- and Hagstroms and stuff like that. It whatever like the cheapest would, guitar they could find, probably. That's seems probably like what you they would use. use. Yeah, like there's something. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, replicating that guitar sound would be, these days would be challenging. That'd be hard, right? <laughs> I mean, some of the amps you used to find are, it sounded like that. I remember playing in <laughs> shows where bands had that kind of guitar sound. You don't hear it as much anymore. Because um, everybody cheap. had PVs and, and uh, what's the other solid state? Uh, uh, Randalls and R- stuff. Randall, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, had like. Hagstrom guitars, remember those? Yeah, Hagstrom, yeah. You know, back in the East Coast, there's a lot of people with punk bands with high, not Moss rights as much, although uh, Johnny Ramon used that. But uh, uh, Hagstroms and Court. Do you remember Court? Oh yeah, Court. The cheapest, like you know. Yeah, yeah. but now they're a great. Now they make Wait, they, such good instruments. Now, are you serious, dude? I Court uh, makes good guitars, dude. I was at the Nam show a few years ago, and. <laughs> The court. Well, they had it at the Nam show. It's got to be. No, they had really good stuff. I was like, no way is this court. It was like top of the line stuff for very reasonable prices, man. I would definitely play a court bass really? or a guitar. Yeah. Okay. I don't, well, we knew top of the line stuff. You heard someone play one. It was good. I, I played it myself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The bass, right? Because they had the cheap bass really and cheap guitars. Bases, yeah. Everybody would get a court bass back then. Uh, back in the back in the eighties, uh, yeah, the yeah. hardcore well, scene. Back the, in the hardcore the scene ch- in the eighties, cheapest thing you could find. That's man. the different bands in, in or, uh, state uh, college. Area. You guys had court. Oh, yeah. area pro. Yeah, yeah. That's, area, area well, that's pro. a that's something you might use. Yeah, uh, the first guitar player for Heart of Darkness. I mean, excuse me. This the guy who played Len Jarabek, who played guitar in in, uh, in Heart of Darkness when I was when I was in it. Um, uh, the, the second guitar player had an Area Pro. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was gnarly. Uh, but he used he was okay. He used it for a while. And then John Cobbett used one in uh, in uh, just only like 15, 20 years ago. In uh, what was that band? That glam band they had or that Pants Noisy? Oh yeah. That was yeah, an Area yeah. Pro, the one with the star guitar with all those t- tiger stripes on it. Yeah, when I uh, when I was in. I don't even think I was in high school. I might have still been in grammar school. My uh, grammar school. One of the one of the British or something. <laughs> did you go to? Did you go to uh, 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 secondary modern after that, or did you pass your <laughs> test at age sixteen? Did you pass your exams anyway? Go. One of the uh, uh, one of the girls that lived around the corner, um, her her big brother was a bass player in a punk band, and he had an Area Pro. And yeah, that was the thing. The action on that thing was so high. 
I mean, especially around like the seventh yeah, fret, really, yeah, the seventh really fret to the twelfth yeah. fret. I mean, it was so high; it was almost unplayable. It was one of the really, really low line ones. Yeah. Yeah, but I was just like, oh man, I'm actually getting my hands on a real bass, you know? Like, oh, whoa! Never, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. so excited, and I would just go over her house just to play his bass. I did that too. A friend of mine got a bass uh, who couldn't play at all, but he had the kind of parents who were like. Oh yeah, we'll buy you a cheap bass. Like in mine, were like my dad was like, "There's no way that would ever happen." Like I wanted an electric guitar for years. I was playing Van Halen on my acoustic guitar. You know, it was at that point, and uh, and he knew he wasn't very, but he just like, "Oh man, we got to get it. I got to get an electric guitar." You know, and I had a paper route, and I was saving up. And my dad was like, eh, "I don't want one of those things in the house," and all that yeah, kind of crap. Devil music. Ninth grade, you know, and uh, my friend Danny across the backyard, who I'd known since you know kindergarten or whatever it was. Uh, just he was like, I want to play bass, man. That's what I want to do. Uh, he went uh, like that, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, and his mom, his parents just bought him some cheapo, you know. Like I mean, it wasn't like they bought him some nice thing, but it was like something on one of the. Remember, you used to always see bases on the wall of like the the local music store that were like they were always uh, all the cheap guitars too. They were always sunburst, like oh, yeah, strat yeah. looking, you yeah. know. They're trying and to it, look like the real thing. Yeah. yeah, it was like a Montgomery Ward guitar. You know, whatever it was. It was totally. one of those. I mean, you could buy guitars, electric guitars, in the Sears catalog back then. Totally. And they had action like that high. Like, it was insane. Like, two inch high. It was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. I saw one once in, like, Sears. Almost, Im- almost unplayable. Oh, yeah. So almost. he got the bass, and he plugged it in. I mean, it, for a bass back then, you didn't care as much, because you're like, well, you're not going to get... If you bought a really cheap guitar, you get, like, a really cheap one. You get nothing but feedback. Right. And you couldn't play it and it was unplayable but the bass because you know whatever band you're going to get in back then you'd probably just especially the hardcore bands you just go you could do that on a really bad bass yeah yeah and you could hear it and it wouldn't feed back so whatever so he got that bass and he was cool enough they went on like his his like summer vacation you know with his with his family and he he knew i wanted an electric guitar so so he brought it over and said hey you can like keep this for me while i'm on vacation or so it was like a week and a half i had the bass you know, and I could play. Oh man, I I fucking I, I slayed Did it, on anything it. you could. I yeah. played at flat wound strings. I remember that, and I plugged it in. Well, I I couldn't like I had nothing to plug it into, right? So, and I don't know. I don't think he did either. I don't know what he did, but he. Uh, but uh, my dad, uh, for some I don't know how this ever worked, but my dad let me. Which is this is like one of the eight wonders of the world. My dad let me plug it into the stereo. Whoa. He actually, I know, that's something that, like, I, I that doesn't fit my dad's character at all. He was like, I was like, because he had some quarter-inch, you know, you he had, had those an quarter, adapter. You know, those, yeah, those quarter-inch plugs that you'd use for, like, headphones and this and that, but yeah. you put a couple together. I had to put a couple together, because I had no idea what I was doing. I was in ninth grade, and it was 1983 or something. Plugged it into the bass, plugged it into the stereo, and you could play. And he did, he was, like, fine with it. And so I was playing my grandfather, sitting there, and the watching General Hospital or whatever, and I'm going boom, 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 in the same room with him. And I remember getting pissed. He was like, oh, yeah. He was like, that damn rock and roll music. He used to sit there and watch General Hospital all the time when you leave the you know, and I'd sit there and play bass. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, that was cool. That was my first time having one to actually play. Yeah. Probably the first time I ever even played the first, any, th- I don't think I ever played an electric guitar. I never even, maybe before that once or something at my cousin's house or something like that, but I never, know. Yes. Anyway, yeah, those yeah. formative, those, it was crazy times. Do you remember the first time you ever played an electric guitar at all? Yeah, like my brother had a guitar. Oh, well, then you were yeah. all set. Yeah. yeah, my brother had a guitar, and uh, then when he got like a second guitar, then he wanted to be uh, he wanted to be Dave Mustaine, and so I had to be James Hetfield. Oh, so oh. he's like, here, you need to go like oh, this. Oh, so he had two electric guitars. Yeah, he had two guitars. Oh, damn! So you could you had guitars around the house when you were really young. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he had yeah. he had a he had a, a little PV amp. 
He had yeah, a PV yeah. Bandit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah, had a PV it, yeah. Bandit, and then he his first guitar was a it was a Hondo. Oh, so was mine, man. It was a Hondo <laughs> Les Paul copy, nineteen eighty four. It was like a, a like a, a a baby blue Hondo guitar. That what was the shape of it though? What was it was, it? Yeah, it was like a Les Paul shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, but baby then, blue Les Paul. That's weird. Yeah. Was it sparkly? No, no. It was just like it oh, was that's like weird. A, it looked like a like bathroom tile. That's really weird. Yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, I know it was weird. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then a couple of years later, he got um, he got some like fancy Ibanez guitar, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, then he was like, "All right, you need you need to go, uh, you know." Yeah, yeah, we played search, uh, Seek and Destroy, and well, I did the Seek and Destroy riff. He, yeah, he yeah. showed me how to play Seek because he wanted to do the solos and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I had to be James and he wanted to be Dave, and <laughs> you know, I was in junior Dave, high. this is not when. Oh wait, was this when the Dave Mustaine was actually still in the band? Yeah, band? I was in junior high. So yeah, because you were probably yes, like again, we always five thing. No, 85? Yeah. Well, no, Dave Mustaine was not 85? in the band in 85. <laughs> no, Dave Mustaine was already gone by then. He already had Megadeth. But anyway, whatever. But they already had the records. Yeah, so. no, yeah. Okay. That, whatever, yeah. No, I didn't know about Metallica until Dave Mustaine was gone because it didn't make it east until... Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I remember the first time I played a guitar, electric guitar plugged in was when... Plugged in, that's right. Yeah, plugged I must in. have played one not plugged in. I do not remember. Oh, in the store. In the store. I'd pick up in the store, but that's right. Because I remember saying this to my cousins, my, my dad's... It was like my second cousin's, whatever, the Italian, uh, uh, well, I had several, obviously, sets of Italian cousins, but these guys were like, sort of like right off the boat cousins, more more like yeah. that. You know, their dad, Ralph, came over, he was uh, he was crazy, he used to fly planes across the Atlantic, like little planes, because he was Mr. Machismo. Yeah, he used to put like all these gas tanks in, and he'd fly back to Italy and go, hey, in his hometown, he was nuts. Wow. But yeah, he was a mechanic, so anyway, awesome. he had this mechanic, he came over here when he was like a teenager. Uh, and in the 50s, 60s, I don't know, and, and, he, and he was, you know, was a hard worker, the American dream, and he, and he suddenly, <laughs> no, he, was, he knew how to do a little auto stuff, so he apprenticed, and then he bought, he started, he had his own body shop, by the time I was born, he had his own auto body shop, right, and he had this huge, he bought a, uh, he bought a office building, you know, because he was Mr., you know, he bought an office building for his family to live in, so my cousins uh, lived in this giant office building, I mean, it was a huge building, huh. had like, like like thirty rooms or something. I don't know. It was insane, and he had his auto body shop downstairs, and they had this garage, right? And and uh, but in the basement, you know, because it, it was so many, it was so big, his parents couldn't really uh, hear them. They they were, you know, they had like you know, he had this auto body shop, so he'd made some money. So my cousins had these electric guitars, and they had all these cool records and stuff. Wow. So I went over, and uh, I remember uh, my cousin Francis is sitting there, and there was like him and some other guy. And they all had electric guitars, and they had these little amps like that, right? Or they had, like, decent combos, like co Fender combos, something like that, combo amps. And I didn't know, I'd never, this is, yeah, ninth grade, right? I'd never, right after the bass incident or whatever, I had never played an electric guitar plugged into an amp. I only played them in the store. And I walk in, they go, all these guitars, and they had this huge stack of all the, like, ZZ Top, Ozzy Osbourne, blah, 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 all these records. And they're playing, there's three of, two or three of them with guitars, and then there's this guy sitting there going, who must have been stoned out of it. He was just like, he looked like uh, Spicoli or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he had short hair. I remember this. And he, he had like really bad pock, like skin, like, like, you know, teenage, really bad acne. And he was sitting there, he was going, oh. And so they were sitting there going, playing records. They would play like Speak of the Devil. You know, they'd put a record on and they'd play along with it, which is normal, I guess. You know, they had yeah, a loud sure. stereo. Or they'd blast ZZ Top and they'd play like, you know, Tush or whatever. 
And so then they handed me the guitar. Hey, you want to play? You know. So I played it. I learned to play NIB. I just listening. And then I started playing Sunshine on Your Love because I knew how to play that. I learned it from a Jimi Hendrix album, though. I didn't even realize it was Clapton at the time because Jimi Hendrix jammed it on this live album. Yeah, yeah. So I'm playing that, and they're like, oh, dude, you know how to play Sunshine on Your Love, man. How do you know how to do that? You never played a guitar before. Uh, so well, I never played an electric guitar plugged in. This is the first time I've ever done it. And then they kept looking at the Stone guy. They kept going, he'd like stir every once in a while. He's like half asleep. And, you go, and they go, oh, don't worry. That's just Brain. That's just Brain. His name was Brain? I remember this guy's name was Brain. And he was the one. And he was half like, asleep. <laughs> and he would just sit there going, uh, I guess he was probably stoned out of his mind. They, I didn't notice any. I mean, their parents were home, so there wasn't like pot smoke around it. But it, anyway, it was, it was a while. That was my first electric guitar experience. We played a bunch of songs like that. Anyway, enough said about that, but it was fun. Um, and I got, the, I, got the, I got the fever Ooh, at that you, moment. You felt <laughs> the itch. The, I got the itch and the, fe- got the fever. Well, back then. Okay, so now we're actually going to play something after all of that, yeah. But yeah, so this Exciting loops back to Misfits, seminal, you know, because yeah. this was back in the day well, when... Well, it's actually on the Plan 9 label still. I know it's your job to talk about that. Well, but tell, tell us Sam about Hain it. Is still, oh, I don't know what to say about it besides that, man. I bought this in uh, a couple years after the brain uh, incident when oh, I played yeah, electric yeah. guitar. Uh, uh, I must have been in 11th or 12th grade, I don't know. And uh, I thought, eh, I was kind of underwhelmed. But I believe... I was kind of underwhelmed by this record. So you're like, why are you playing it? Well, Unholy Passion's kind of cool because it was like the Misfits slow down, right? And then I got that other one they did, November Coming Fire. Yeah, I got that one too. And I loved that record. It's okay, good so yeah, this wasn't as great for me, but we're going to play it anyway, you know.
that stuff's uh, brutal. Yeah, that is pretty brutal. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It is. I mean, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I'll stick with that. It's. I, I haven't heard that. I probably haven't listened to that record for. Who plays drums on that? Twenty five, thirty years or more, maybe even. I don't Ooh. think I've heard that. Since, Who plays since drums I, on that? Oh, probably. Uh, what's the nor? It's the it's the Sam Hain, I guess, original. I think. Oh wait, is it? Wait, did Robo play in Sam Hain at some point? They had a no. bunch of different drummers. I, I don't know, actually. I have no idea who plays on it this. It doesn't there's say no, on there? There's no liner notes, no nothing. It's just oh, an EP. Cheapo, man. Well, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's not Robo. Is it Robo? Wait, did he play on Sam Hain as well as Misfits? I don't know. Sam nah. Hain had a couple different drummers. There's like Erie Vaughn as one of the guys. No, like Erie the, was the guitar player. Of the Sam Hain? Mm-hmm. No, wait, Damien was a guitar player, wasn't he? Or was he bass? Mm. Erie Vaughn was bass. Yvonne was bass? I think. I'm not 100% and sure. It doesn't say on here. Damien was guitar and the drummer was some other dude. I don't think it was. Oh, was it the London guy? I don't know. It's this the guy who looks like, he looks like. Uh, he looks like the guy from Bauhaus. He looks like Peter he, Murphy from Bauhaus. He looks like Peter Murphy. He also kind of looks like. Uh, oh, good God. I am so old. I can't. The, the birthday party guy, you know. The, Nick everyone, Cave. Nick Cave. Kind of looks like Nick Cave there. You know. Anyway. Nick yeah, Cave's uh, cool, man. I like Nick Cave. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't really get it. Uh, Oh, the Holy Passion by Sam Hain. Uh, not uh, the. I hope this wasn't a gateway to. I mean, because I like. I have a weird thing about Danzig. Like, I really love the Misfits. Almost everything they did, and then I like Sam Hain. You know, I love. No, I like November Coming Fire. This I'm not too crazy about. And then I can't stand anything he's done solo. Nothing. I mean, I cannot deal with it at all. The first album was cool. That's what everyone says. Uh, everybody agrees with you. The, I don't. Um, I hate it. I hate that first dance. album. He did like this so classical much. one, too. The, the, I he did a couple of different classical ones, which are both pretty good. Yeah, I've never heard it. Okay, that, when that first Danzig album came out, I expected to like it because I like Danzig. I was into both his other bands. I thought, oh, cool. And then I listened to it. I was like, what the hell? I couldn't... St- oh, that mother song? Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate that song so much. It's like in my top... Ten of the all all time loathing, you know, cringeworthy. I hate that Up song. Right up there with your mama, don't dance. Yeah, no, that's no, that, that's the worst. That's the worst song. Well, like I said, you know, there's, oh, you know, out of the top worst five, ten songs, definitely four of them are Bob Seger songs. You know, really? we don't even need to get into. Well, I think of how many honkers that guy's got. He's got some great. Like songs. a rock, is is a honker. Oh! Uh, Katmandu. <laughs> <laughs> Catman do like a rock. Uh, well, yeah, night, that was night moves. You just did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, God, is that guy annoying? Uh, okay, Catman do like a rock. Uh, what are the other honk? He has a bunch of really terrible songs. Oh God, old time rock and roll is horrendous. And there's four of them that I that I that are like really really awful. What is the other um, one? I don't have any Bob Seger. Catman do. Oh good. We should God. get some. I'm next glad, time no, we're not playing Bob Seger. Yeah, yeah. The next no. time I'm at the Goodwill. Next time I'm at the Goodwill, I'm gonna no, I don't pick know up a Bob Seger. What is the other one that I can't stand? There's a bunch of them. The but anyway, band. there's all those songs, right? And then there's Mother by Glenn Danzig. Uh, there is uh, what are the other? Well, anyway, we didn't get into the, the worst songs ever. But there's there's a the, my top ten of worst songs ever. But right, um, uh, uh, your mama, your mama don't dance, and your daddy. That's don't the worst song. On it, it should be the worst song on everyone's list. I mean, it is so. Loggins and Messina, man, it's, legendary. That that's not okay. Those other songs are the worst songs that happen to exist in the universe, right? <laughs> but your mama don't dance. Like I said, this existence earlier, is, is the mandatory. worst song in any possible universe. <laughs> like 
No, it is logically impossible to write a worse song than Your Mama Don't Dance. It's not just a matter of, it ha- it's the worst one that happens to exist in this world. You know, anybody out there who does predicate logic, you know. Existence is it's necessary. A, it does not need an existence, uh, existential quantifier. It is the worst song, this is modal logic here, it is the worst possible song that you could write in any possible universe, any possible world. You could not come up with a worse song than Your Mama Don't Dance. I mean, you, you could write all the worst songs ever, and they still wouldn't compare. Um, oh, you know what the other one is that I hate? And this is a, this is a. In fact, I don't even want to say it on the air because it makes me cringe to think about it. The, so I guess it's called the the fifties. You know, the do what diddy diddy dum diddy. That song. That's always up from the sixties, probably fifties, sixties, whatever it is. What about like Wild Thing? I hate that song so much. Well, no, okay, good, good, good example. Okay, I hate whatever I just the name of that song I just said. Do what diddy? I can't speak speak it without like like getting. <laughs> Like uh, uh, cringing, I hate that song. I hate the guy's voice. There she was. I hate it. Who is who is that? Uh, the animals? I don't know. No, it's not the animals. No, that's not. It's it's, it's it's someone like it. It's not the animals. Whoever it is, I can't stand that song. Um, I hate. I violently hate that song. Almost as bad as uh, not as bad. But but you could write a worse song than that. Oh, you, you, could, you could. Boy, you just said wild thing. Wild thing. Yes, I've never understood it. Okay, well this is the thing. We're talking about the worst songs ever. That okay, the wild thing is by the the trogs. Trogs, yeah. Their version of it is hideous, I admit. It's horrible. But other people have done it, like Jimi Hendrix, and did a great version of it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. As far as Hendrix stuff goes. I really like his version of it. Really? You do? Yeah, because it's so it's so ridiculous and it sound it sounds heavy. Cause he's slow, you know, they're all like Because he's like and the bass, the way no <laughs> ring plays it is really, it just sounds heavy, you know. And his voice, the way he just goes, "Wow, thing." He doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't, um, you know, he, he likes the song. He liked the song, I guess, but he, he like, I really like the way he. Sometimes he just doesn't say. He just doesn't give a shit, you know. He's like, <laughs> just decomposing when <laughs> he sings he's that song. High, man. Because he's dying. Because he's high. Oh yeah, but he's also he's just super his high. His attitude towards that song is so much different than the Traw. It's so great, you know. I mean, obviously he takes covers and does something totally, di- you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I got uh, the, uh, um, you know, I should maybe I'll bring some of that in uh, for Christmas. I got some uh, box set of. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Phil Morris. Yeah, this live stuff really is just good. so much different than his. Yeah. Than his rec- than, I don't like his records. I do not. I like Axis, sort of. I mean, I like some of the songs on it, but the first Hendrix albums I got, the first two, three albums. Because it's got so many hits. Well, the f- yeah, yeah, right. But the first three albums I bought, Jimi Hendrix albums, and I bought them very early on when I was like 12 or 13, 13. And, I, you know, when I was buying rock, hard rock records, you know, I bought this live album by Hendrix. It is called just called experience it's just called experience. and it's incredibly great right it's so heavy and it's i was like oh my god this is what Jimi hendrix sounds like this is the greatest thing and then i bought two more live albums including band of gypsies and then i heard a friend of mine like years later you know i'd never heard his besides like radio you know i heard like yeah. you know fire on the radio or purple hey or purple haze uh, like a year or two after i had the live version of it and there are many live versions of it, i heard Purple Haze from the actual record, and I was underwhelmed. I was like, <laughs> "This sucks," because the guitar sound was so wimpy and it was so underproduced. It was so janky. Compressed. 
Yeah, and then I well, I think it was just there was Jimi Hendrix live got that huge heavy sound before anybody else did, but the records didn't reproduce that sound well, at all. That's because the the guy who was recording it, Eddie Kramer, he was trying like, to oh, make him sound to... like soul music. Yeah, he was putting he was trying to put it under control more instead. Of I just yeah, it yeah rip, I don't know. You know? And and so when when I heard the whole Are You Experienced album, I was like, I don't even want to hear that again. That's Jimi Hendrix, man. What Jimi Hendrix doesn't sound like that. He's awesome. He's like huge and you know crazy big sounding band. You know. So it kind of didn't work for me, you know. But Wild Thing, when he does that on that Experience album, just oh, it's I gotta bring that in and play it next time because he's just all, hey, wow, he just yells like I don't know, this is silly. We could do a whole episode on Jimi Hendrix, man. I got a bunch of that stuff. I know Angelo has a bunch of Hendrix albums. You know, Hendrix is kind of overplayed, but you know, but something that's not overplayed, yeah, uh, that I have right here is uh, yeah. This album that I don't know if it's their first or their second or their last or their only album, but the singer's name is Jello B. Afro, and it's on Casa. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, it's on. Uh, well, I need the, the name of this label that I think is their own label. Do uh, you have your glasses? Gasatanka Records. That uh, looks like a Casablanca label. It's, bla- it's White Flag's Third Strike, okay? And this is uh, Jello B. Afro is the is the singer here, and which I thought was the f- I still think is one of the coolest, funniest things I've ever heard. I'm sorry, black dude named Jello B. Afro is funny. Okay, I like the chick from uh, Forty Five Grave. Her name is oh, Di- yeah. Dinah Cancer. Yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, but the, the, this the, this record is so weird. It's called Third Strike by White Flag, and they got the stupid they got the bars from Black Flag. Ups or sideways, which is really dumb. And uh, play uh, what we want to play is a song called. Uh, that's on the wrong side. Uh, the second song on this record is called Psycho Cop. Yeah, what do we do? Psycho Yeah, Psycho Cop. Oh, you're gonna read off the. Uh, By the way, that uh, yeah. that Sam Hain Unholy Passion catalog number was PL nine dash zero five. PL nine dash zero five. Just in case you were wondering out there, yeah. But uh, oh, you want to do? I can do the honors, or I think you do want to read the. the, the honors, well, don't you want to read the um, number off the? No, I'm not going to do that. No, I don't do. I don't do that. That's not for me. You know, no, you do it. You do it, man. You do it. So this um, this white flag album, it's got uh, pretty cool um, black flag derivative artwork. Not really. Yeah, it there's does. No it's got the bars. Yeah, but that's not artwork. There's no faux Raymond Pettibon there. Anyway, go ahead. It's in stereo, yeah. Casa Cas- stereo, Tan- yeah. Tonka. It looks like the. Uh, Wasn't there like a wrestler named that once? Catalog number is JC nine zero zero five. Yeah, I can't read a catalog number. You got to do that. Yeah, it's pretty small. It's pretty small. The font. most amazing thing about that record, though, I think, is the fact that all the liner note stuff is on the inside of the actual sleeve, not the. How are we going to express that to people? How will they understand what we mean? The um, there's no in there's an insert, but there's yeah, no. Yeah, it's, pr- it's printed on the inside of the jacket. Yeah, yeah, printed on the inner inside. So you got to like like bow it to like listen. You got to push it in to 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 see the uh, the name of the guys in the band and all that stuff. So it's got a pretty cool insert with uh, just a bunch of weird merch stuff. It's you should try to order something from that. Yeah, now. it says that they have a. Uh, a VHS tape 
For $25. Yeah, 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 yeah. For 20, oh, you could specify VHS or beta. 25 bucks. It says it's a two-hour video of White Flag with live cuts, oh, God. studio videos, and short skits. Yeah, they're the kind of band that would do that. Would short, do short skits. skits. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Lots, of, lots of songs and guest appearances by your favorite punk stars. I think they're from L.A., so maybe they, you know, I don't know if they hung out Man, with if they knew so Black funny. Flag or I don't know. Uh, it's a, yeah, it was in Hollywood. Yeah. On Harper. I know where Harper is. So, uh, Psycho Cop. They they do... Um, oh, here, I'll put... Skits. That's pretty cool. Short skits. We should do some short skits, man. Of course we should. That'd be so much fun. Okay, here's some white flag.
drunk and I was scared as hell. The last thing I wanted was to hear them ring the bell. I mean, the Russian bear could probably tear me limb from limb. He would probably grin, be real happy with himself. This is not good for my health. I'm not coming out of the dressing room and get beaten up by that goon. Go back to Russia. Go back home. We'll never recover from that. From that, from that, well, the, could you tell the difference between those two uh, uh, artists if uh, we just listened to? <laughs> White Jello B. Afro followed by. Followed by it was D.D. King. That was D.D. Ramon. But it sounded like the same band. Ah! It, was that, it was that bad. Yeah, we were playing like <laughs> our worst records we have tonight. God, that, that, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that white flag is. <laughs> Made unholy unholy passion sound good. Yeah, that's kind of gnarly. Yeah, it's all kind of gnarly. So uh, oh, we called somebody up to save us to save the show because we're playing all the worst music ever. Yeah, but that was uh, that was D.D. Uh, Ramon off of his album under his pseudonym D.D. King. This is uh, came out. Um, gosh, I'm not sure what year. It doesn't really say what year. It's on Sire Records. Yeah, Sire well, Records. We should figure out what year that white flag was, too. I mean, that's, I'm actually, the, um, I think it was 84, but I'm not, couldn't have been 83, maybe? No. The catalog number for this uh, D.D. Ramon record is R125884 from the album Standing in the Spotlight. It was 84. The uh, white flag was from, that was, uh, uh, the hell's that noise? Oh, uh, call your phone. Not my phone. Psycho Cop from 1984. Oh, Angelo's playing guitar or something. What's going on? Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there on the on the. uh, Hey, we have uh, we have Mr. Angelo Tringali on uh, special guest hotline. How you doing, Angelo? I'm 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 on the tirade here in Monterey playing guitar. It sounds like it. Mike Mike was like, "What's that noise? What's that noise?" Are you on the tirade with Tyree? Angelo, you know who Tyree is, right? Uh, that sounds familiar. Well, I, I just because you're such a Trekkie, I figured you'd remember who Tyree was. 
I'm actually watching Star Trek right now. Well, is Tyree on? Is there a guy with a big blonde bouffant, a big buffed white guy? Uh, oh, that's Tyree. Yeah, uh, remember that? No, Ty, no, that's the episode in the Apple when they go to that cave and there's that big dragon head. Uh, no, that's actually, wait, it is? I thought that was the one with like Mirmani or something. Oh, no, wait, I know I'm confused. Is that? I think that's the one with Tyree. Tyree's the Tyree one. Tyree and Kirk were friends from a, uh, yes. from years before that, right? And like he has that like, that like hot wife who's like, you know, like, <laughs> like she's got black hair and she takes, she steals Kirk's, she's very scantily clad. She steals Kirk's uh, phaser and she goes, I will seduce you with this small box. Is that what I'll they called it back then? Stealing your phaser? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it, Ty, Tyree <laughs> is the guy, the big, like the big, tall, like tough guy looking guy, like super white towhead guy. But he's got all the all the men in that society have like giant puffy uh, white hair or blonde yeah. hair. Yeah. And it, they yeah, did, yeah, they yeah, give yeah. them guns. They give them it fire might be sticks. That episode. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Tyree, that's who that is. But there's a, no. I came across someone named the Tyree. episode. The, the episode that's on right now is the final episode. Turnabout Intruder. Is that wait wait. The final episode is the one where, what's her name? The woman she, she, uh, changes minds or bodies with Kirk. Yeah. Or, that's actually a good yeah. episode. That's a great episode. But it's some called of the, Turnabout Intruder. That's a great episode. Some of the ones right before that are the worst thing they ever did, though. You know the one, the one, uh, the one like one or two episodes before that where there it's like just so bad that it's silly. Where there's like Genghis Khan and Abraham Lincoln and all these guys running around. Yes. Him. Hiding behind boulders, like shooting, like or throwing things at each other. Or I don't. It's really that's a that dumbest. That was on the other night. That's the dumbest Star Trek that episode. Called, that's called the Savage Curtain. It's so stupid. It's unbelievable. It's that, retarded. Yeah, yeah. That is like the <laughs> dumbest thing. I mean, they're like they're bought. Kirk and Spock are like behind these rocks with Genghis. No, with with Abraham Lincoln and like Sigmund Freud. No, that's actually uh, wait. It's almost like it's you know it's probably where they got the Bill and Ted's uh, idea. Oh, it's totally Bill yeah. and Ted, right? And uh, and because they went down to some different times or something and found these guys, and then Genghis Khan is attacking them with someone else with like you know, yeah, Idi Amin or something. And they right? have um, <laughs> they have some old um, um, some like um, Vulcan legend guy that's that that Spock admired that's right, too. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but yeah, and he's like, yeah, he gets killed or hurt or something. Yes. Yeah. And not Sarek, is it? No, is no, Sarek's his dad. No, Sarek's father. Sarek's his dad. It's some other guy from like way back in time, the guy who first What's the name yeah. of that ep- what's the name of that episode again? The Savage Curtain. Oh yeah, yeah we we, we, we played with them at Keep It True a couple of years ago, right? Savage yeah, Savage right? Curtain. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we probably did play we, with the Savage yeah, Curtain. Yeah, we yeah. played with Savage Curtain, so, I remember it was great. But there was someone named Tyree that I heard I about think that's the, the episode called The Apple. No, I, I mean, some, there's a person now, like in the news, or I met her. No, or maybe she was in, maybe I met her somewhere named, like, something Tyree, like a woman. Who is it? Huh. I have, to, okay. I have to figure this out before the next episode. Her name was, the last name was Tyree, and I was like, oh my God, Tyree. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so cool. yeah. So before we play Angelo's stuff, though, I have one more terrible. No, this is not terrible. Uh, we're trying to. I, I I I must play these records: uh, "White Flag," "Unholy Passion," and something from Triumph's "Rock and Roll Machine," because yeah, and then we'll is, play Angela. But this is such higher production. Yes, I know. I know. Way higher. Production. But I want to play this one song because uh, called "Bringing It Home to You," which is incredibly, in one way, really cheesy, but also has this one riff that I used to listen to um, uh, when I put this record on. I was like, wow. It's a weird, a very weird bouncy riff by Rick Emmett here. 
And then we should play Angelo's, uh, if Angelo great. has songs. Yeah, you know? we'll do some heavy metal But unboxing. I thought this would be appropriate. Angelo, are you familiar with this Triumph album, Rock and Roll Machine? I don't like Triumph, no. Oh, okay. You but don't so, like you know, Triumph? Ooh, Not that's, really. That's un-American. Dude. You have, to, you have to like the Canadians. They're uh, so uh, good. Uh, Triumph's from Canada, Mike. I know. That's why I said it. Yeah, it, so it, is it Rush. That was, was a joke. That was like a, it's supposed to be ironic. <laughs> So uh, is Brian Adams. It's a subtle sense of humor to get that. So is Loverboy, pal. So is... Uh, Bachman uh, Turner Overdrive. Uh, Alanis Morissette. Yeah, that's right. So is William Shatner, for that matter. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Absolutely, yeah. Right? That's true. Are they Canadian? And Neil Young. Wait, is Bachman Turner Overdrive well, Canadian or not? you can't not? hold that against them. So Bachman Turner Overdrive is Canadian or not? I don't know. I don't know. You guys don't know. I no. think they are. No idea. I think they are. Uh, anyway. Um... Who else is Canadian? Everyone is Canadian. Uh, Carly Ray Jepsen. Carly Simon? No. Car, car, uh, car, wait, who? <laughs> Carly Ray Jepsen. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, oh, we played with... Uh, we didn't play with them or her or whatever. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, uh, let's play uh, bring, it, bring It On Home, and then we'll bring it on home. And, uh, there you go. Even Angelo doesn't like uh, uh, Rick Emmett. That's uh, too bad. Because once I had a dream, and I, I mean this, this is true, Many years ago, this is really funny, I think. You might not think it's funny. Maybe. Uh, many years ago, in the 90s, in the golden 90s, that's sort of a theme tonight, uh, when Slaufeg was failing miserably to accomplish anything at all, must have been like 96, 97, we were just uh, eating shit left and right, like just not, you know, losing bass players and, and uh, failing to, to, to bring anybody to shows, you know, no, low attendance and... Uh, not just just awful. Like we were just in an awful state. Uh, I think it was before. I think it was like ninety. I think it was before we did the first album. So it was ninety five or six. And I had this weird dream that Rick Emmett <laughs> came to me. <laughs> I was and here's the weird part. I used to work at a laundromat, as you guys know, right? Used to manage this laundry yeah. dry clean. And Rick Emmett was in the laundromat. It's not that weird. You know, you have Dr Rick Emmett from Triumph is in your, your work. You know, it's not that strange. He was in the laundromat, like, doing his he – was, he was standing next to a dry – he was, like, drying his clothes or something. And he was standing there uh, against the wall, sort of. Uh, and I was complaining. It was Rick Emmett, and I knew it, and he knew it. And I was complaining about, like, oh, yeah, but my band's really hurting. Like, we're, we're really hitting the skids. You know, we don't have any good gigs, and we don't, like, everybody, no one listens to metal anymore, and we're never going to get anywhere. And you know how Rick Emmett, like, if, even if you don't like his music, you know how he's, like, this way, how he's this positive guy? You know what I mean? Like, he has sort of a self-helpy yeah. vibe to some of his songs, you know? He, like, came over from the, from the dryer, and he went, like, yeah, but, man, and it didn't make any sense at all what he was saying, but he was, like, yeah, but... Yeah, you say all this bad stuff, like, you know, you're not going to get anywhere, no one cares and stuff, but when you when a band does a gig, you know, like, you get up there on stage, and that's your gig. you got to take command of that gig. <laughs> like, I, he gave me a, Rick Emmett came to me in a dream in the laundromat and gave me a pep talk. And I remember, I remember like, it was, he was like, that's your gig. you got to take control of that crowd. It's up to you, man. Only you can do it. <laughs> And I woke up and I told my friend Andrew, and he's like, "That's what Rick Emmett probably would say in real life." <laughs> he would absolutely say that. And he you would. Know what? You followed that advice because oh yeah, you've, uh, because of control way on stage. Because of Rick Emmett, Slaufeg gave it. You were uh, you were much more shy back in the old days, Mike. Oh yeah, we we we, we gave it the second. Uh, uh, you know, we gave it the old college try because of Rick Emmett, and really really made it. And I owe everything to everything to Rick Emmett. Yeah. Okay. So bring it home. 
one's gonna believe that I actually had that dream, but I didn't. I believe you, Mike.
triumph, man, after that, after that incredible, uh, um, whatever, yeah, whatever that was. Oh, there it goes. Good stuff, man. I love triumph. I like that song. And just remember, man, when you do a gig, that's your gig. You take command. Take command of that game, man. <laughs> Very authentic dream. Because often you have dreams of like, you know, like rock stars in your dream or something. And it's something really strange and inappropriate and doesn't make any sense, you know. But my Rick Emmett dream, by all accounts, by all reviews of that dream, was exactly yeah, how that's Rick a good Emmett dream. would act. <laughs> like, you ever have dreams of the rock star? Like when, you know, when you're younger, like Ozzy shows up at your house <laughs> or something. I had a dream like that. I don't know, man. I, I don't think so. I, I always dream about like disastrous things. I have a lot of dreams of Dio in it. Like I used to have dreams with Dio in them uh, before I met him. And I had even more dreams with Dio in it after I met Dio and after he died. The the best dream... And it's always really normal. The it's best like dream Dio's of just Dio sitting there, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> is, the, is the first scene in that Jack Black movie... I don't um, see Jack Black. There's a guy I don't like, Jack Black. Sorry, right, but man. in the in the in the movie that he made, the first scene he made like a bunch of movies. What do you mean? Well, Which the, one? the Rock School movie or whatever. What's the name of the movie? That Was that the Pick of Destiny? Yeah, the Pick yeah. of Destiny. Yeah, the yeah. Op the opening scene is uh, the Dio poster comes alive because he's like 12 years old yes. and he's in his bedroom. And he's like, and he's got a picture of Dio, a poster of Dio on his bedroom door after his dad yells at him. And then he says, oh, Dio, what should I do? And Dio comes to life inside the poster and sings him a song. It's amazing. That's like, the, cool. that's the that's best so, dream of that's Dio. That's so hackneyed, that story, that I've actually heard it. Like, I've never seen the movie, but I know that scene from listening to so many people talk about it. it the, it's hackneyed. The rest of the it's movie, cliche, The rest man. of the movie is It's right. But... With Meatloaf playing the dad, I think seals the deal. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Hey, look. You know, I'm do I'm being a real dickwad here, but I'm looking on my I just opened up Google because I want to find out something about Tyree. And and the first thing that comes up is Glenn Hughes says he shouldn't have left trapeze for Deep Purple into the picture of Glenn Hughes. <laughs> Glenn Hughes is invading my life once again. <laughs> once and my again. phone. Everything. Glenn Hughes. Everywhere I look, Glenn Hughes all is getting up in, my, in your up, stuff. All up in my business. Yeah. Glenn Hughes, man. You guys like Glenn Hughes. I don't know. I, I, I'm I don't a fan. I love trapeze. Yeah, I don't know anything about trapeze. I just know. So, oh, okay. So, house, man. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. Um, Seven Star? Come on. We're not going to. We're not gonna, totally. What? Wait, what? Seven Star. Oh, like, so let's not get into that argument again. You're, that's. Ins I don't think you. Uh. I don't think we put that to a vote. You're not going to win about Black Sabbath fans liking Seven Star. I don't. It's pretty awful. So speaking of Black Sabbath fans, uh, we have um, some heavy metal unboxing to do, and it looks like we have... Yeah, heavy metal boxing we're about to do if we keep talking about Glenn Hughes. Boom! We've got a package from Mr. Angelo Tringali here yeah. that uh, it has been sitting here for a while, and I think I know what's inside. But, uh, oh, you do, do you? Yeah, it's a surprise to, to us. Hot Rock? Yeah, uh, you don't know what's inside. I think I know what's inside because... I, I remember talking to you when you sent this, and um, and I and I and I believe it's going to have some uh, some tribute to some recently uh, deceased artists. Ooh, sis. ooh, sis. Ah, what? 
Fucking, uh, you package, I don't know, man. You package this stuff very well, I must say. Well, the record. You gotta, gotta take care of that shit, man. Yeah, some people don't want to send us their records to play because they think that we're going to destroy them or they might not get them back or they're, you know, they're too... Uh, they don't play that game. Uh, yeah, I'm like, you know... Well, Angelo, you know, you're pretty persnickety about your records. I'm surprised you sent them up here. What's it? I guess you trust us. The U.S. Postal Service is just fine. I see. All right. Sure. Yeah, I mean, half of these records we probably bought and they came with initially from the U.S. Postal Service, right? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you bought them at record stores, man. What the hell? You don't shop online, yo? Yo. <laughs> you don't stop shop online, yo. Okay, oh, so <laughs> uh, opening this heavy metal box from one Angelo Tringali, there are, uh, looks to be, um, what is this? Um, well, there's a note. Did he write you a note? Yeah, uh, I don't want. I, well, he's right here. We don't need to read his note. This is a Megadeth record. Oh, I would have never expected you to send us a Megadeth that, record. No. I'm always throwing curveballs, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is like the old school Megadeth on Combat label. Yep. Isn't that the one? Uh, First one. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that on Combat. I mean, I on think. the green label, the green, the green. Combat I don't know if it's green, but it's yeah, Combat. Well, that's pretty cool, man. And then. Um, Megadeth, I, I like Megadeth, uh, yeah, sure. Man, first yeah. album is the best one, that's for sure. Pretty much. And then what else is this? It's Pretty very, much. Very tight in when the it comes down to it. Um, well, for God's sake. Oh, and this is a, a download card. Angelo sent me a download oh, card. Oh, jeez. What a good guy. I sent you two download cards. Is it really man. two download cards? You trying to educate you again? Yeah, probably. Oh, the brown acid. Uh, compilation very cool i'm excited about yeah. that thank you excellent and then um there's a wonderful uh letter from you here i won't read it word for word but it uh basically um just angelo and i professing okay you're uh, here in the same room together you don't need to read letters but you know that you are you know you mean you're, like i said like I mean, you're basically in the same room. Okay, so I knew he was going to send a Mountain album. Oh, yeah, we're going to listen to Mountain. Because Leslie okay, West yeah. passed away recently, and yeah, uh, that's a big oh, deal. Yeah, I heard about that. I Everyone's dying these days. Just All the Larry old people King, are dying. Leslie West. Did you know that You know, Phil Spector died? Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it just flew past. Nobody you know, I have so many Phil you know? Spector albums. I can't, I well, I'm sure you do. Well, of course tons, you do. Everyone does it. Tons of those. He yeah. died, and no one even talked about it. You know, he's, uh, he's in jail, right? Yeah, he was in jail. He's in jail still. Which yeah. which leads to the another record that Angelo oh sent. He sent Jailbreak. Jailbreak from ACDC. 74. Okay, that's a, that's a, something <laughs> worth listening to right there. I think. All yeah. right. And uh, oh, and uh, Chasing Shadows, Deep Purple. Is this a bootleg or is this uh, real? We shouldn't listen to it unless that's Deep Purple. Music, yeah, that's like that's like one of those weird like Korean bootlegs. Yeah, it's a bootleg. Okay. Wow. Pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah it's very cool. Man. Korean deep purple bootlegs. That's a, that's a deep No, this looks Japanese. It's in kanji. Okay, there you kanji. go. That was kanji. What? Kanji is the um, the character set that they use. The written language. The, the Japanese no? use. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, the Japanese use. Uh, it's a, 
it's to very, write their language it's out. It's very strange because, you know what's really trippy is no, watching, well, watching somebody do that. write a text message in oh. kanji on their cell phone. Wait, how do you do that? Oh, you it's find a way to like... You, you have to draw it and it predicts what you're drawing. What? It's no, really weird. weird, man. It's totally weird. If you have any Japanese friends, then um, you should definitely check that out. I don't think they would know how to do that, actually. Yeah. So, Angelo. I mean, the Japanese. Yeah. It says here um, that you have four tracks you wish to play. Yes. Um, why don't you uh, tell us about the first couple of tracks you want to do? looks like here. Um, do you remember what, what was you it? It was Rattlehead Megadeth? Yep. Go ahead and play that. So, so why you picked that? I picked it because it's a killer song, man. And I figured we don't play we don't really? play enough of we don't play enough like good old thrash on the show. So you know, might as well uh, start with some good old Megadeth, that's, that's right? By design, you know. That's true. I don't think we've played any Megadeth. That's by design yeah. too. Yeah. It's high time. Oh God, is it? And I love oh, this song. Okay, it's a killer song. As long as we don't have Dave Mustaine talk on the show, that's a, I'll, I'll listen to his music. Yeah. He has his own radio show on Gimme Radio. Oh, does he really? Know. You didn't know that? No, no, no. Yeah. I don't know anything. Well, he's on there on. talking all sorts of nonsense, you know. Dave Mustaine. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's all right. I mean, a piece of work. You know, at least he's uh, doing something, man. Yeah, at least he's doing something. You know, I he mean, could be doing. He could be just frozen in time. That's you know? all we're doing, right? It's just talking and playing records. Well, yeah. But at least we got it's Angela a to talk about Dave Mustaine. To... Okay, this is. Um, Megadeth off of the uh, Killing in My Business. Bina is good. And this is <laughs> song title is Rattlehead. The catalog number looks like MX8015. Came out in 19. 19- and it's also on the Green Combat label. Yeah, Let's specify yeah. that. I was noticing. Definitely the Green Combat yeah. label is very cool. Uh, 1985. It also was released on cassette. Which has uh, a catalog number of MXT8015. So uh, here we go, some Megadeth.
you erase the part when I told Angelo to keep his comments to himself on ACDC? No. Yeah, I think no, so. On, on Flick so. of the Switch or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, oh, so, so Deep Purple, Chasing Shadows, that was uh, definitely <laughs> a, a very cool track. It's off of a... Uh, it was definitely a really cool track. I think we can all agree on that. Off a Japanese <laughs> pressing of... Uh, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the pressing of this you said it was, Angelo? Say what? Purple Passages. Okay. That sounds kind of, I don't know, should we talk about that on the air? Yeah, okay. I have Purple Passages here, actually. And so this is just a green version of Purple Passages. Oh, dude. It's uh, a Japanese label. I can't even read it. It's uh, catalog number C. Yeah, it's a bootleg. Catalog number CSJ-1241. Deep Purple. Purple Passages on a green uh, label. So, um, is there such a thing as a bootleg anymore, or is it just like every album is kind of a bootleg now? I don't know. I mean, who's really bootlegging anything because nobody's playing live? Well, no. I mean, like in the last twenty years, you know, it's like because there's no music business really except for the weekend, you know. So <laughs> everybody's working. Do you ever think about why it's called a bootleg? Like that your bootleg? It's like bootcut jeans or something. Bootcut? Like is it because you'd steal something by sticking it in your boot? In your bootleg, is that probably what it is? yeah? That must be it. Yeah, it's got to be. Is it like? Is it like? You ever see the episode of uh, What's Happening when they bootleg the uh, the Doobie Brothers concert? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love. Oh my god, and like the Angelo, the, you remember that the, the tape recorder funds out of reruns reruns right jacket? jacket. <laughs> Do you remember that, Angelo? And they're like, oh man, we thought you were our friend, bro. You never saw that? What's Happening with like Raj and rerun and stuff? <laughs> You don't? No. Man, what the hell's wrong with you, man? Rerun. Remember <laughs> Cheryl down at the rest down at the down at the malt shop? You remember her? <laughs> I do. Sure, she had a big afro with a thing. She'd be like, You didn't know the one of those are gonna be on the It was like a seventies sitcom about uh, these high school kids. About families. Yeah, it was just yeah. these, you know, these kids and rerun. Oh, okay, well, there was one episode which is incredible yeah. where they go to see the Doobie Brothers. Which is weird. Like, why are they going to see the Doobie oh, I, Brothers? Well, because they're black or something? Yeah. And well, the because I know it is kind of weird when you think about it now. Back then it made sense. It's the 70s and there's like, the Doobie Brothers. But now it seems kind of weird. But, yeah. but anyway, they went to see Dwayne and Ra. And they, they, go, yeah. they go to the Doobie <laughs> Brothers concert, right? And um, Rerun. Rerun gets some, some like mob guy, some like tough, like, like, Whatever guy, some like what mobbed up dude or gang guy is like you're gonna do you're gonna you're gonna ta- you're gonna tape you're gonna bootleg that concert for me or I'm gonna kill you or something. So he forces him to bring a tape recorder. In. It's like a huge tape recorder. No, it's like an old. It's like that. It's like this thing. It's like this yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, and he brings it. And he's dancing because he likes to. No, dance. I know. And then during the show, they show it's like this fake. They show the Doobie Brothers. They're they're guests on the episode. Right? Do you remember the in the concert? Totally. It yeah. fall a tape recorder falls out and the music the Doobie Brothers stop. It's like they stop and they're like, and oh, they go, oh. <laughs> and do you remember what happens at the end of it? No. They okay, they're sitting, you know, they always hung out in the diner with Cheryl, you know? Right, right. And so they're sitting there waiting for the tough crime mob guy to show up and get his tape or whatever. And the Doobie Brothers, oh, they show them backstage. They're like, oh, so someone for, said, they forced us to do it. And they told us they'd hurt us if we didn't. They, 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 and so they no, said, we'll meet you there. Part. We'll take care of you. So they're sitting there, and the, the mob guys come in and go, where's our tape rerun? 
and he goes like to hand it to him, and the Doobie Brothers all run out of the kitchen, all badass, and go, "We're gonna kick your ass!" Or something. Do you remember that? And the, do you remember that part? I don't remember the ending part. Okay. I just and re- they go, "Oh, it's okay, man." Oh, no, you know. I just remember when they were at the concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> dancing. He's like, and dancing. it falls out. He's like, oh no! <laughs> I have a tape recorder. Yeah. Oh no! The best part of that episode is when they finally the Doobie Brothers go, "Well, hey, we might as well listen to it since you bootlegged it." Do you remember this part? They put it yeah. in the tape recorder, and it's all, and all you can hear is chomp, chomp, oh, eat, rerun, eating, right. eating popcorn and stuff <laughs> during this show. <laughs> we gotta find that. It's gotta be on YouTube. We gotta find. I'm sure that, that is the best yeah, like episode. <laughs> I do remember that. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm glad that came up now. So now, now yeah, we can yeah. listen to Jailbreak '74. <laughs> so Angela, why you why you pick this uh, this particular ACDC song? And uh, yeah, I just think it's awesome. Is there anything on that record that's like on there? There's hardly any. They're they're all like uh, covers and old songs and stuff, right? There's not much many album tracks on there, right? No, no, those are songs that were pretty much on um, import versions of, of the early albums that weren't on American versions. Yeah, there's the not albums. really anything that's on like the well, any of this stuff we'd be familiar with, or is there a couple that are from like British versions of? You know that we would have heard of, of, of uh, high voltage or something, or well, yeah, that's, that's that's what they are. They're from the Australian versions of those albums. Okay, so I don't know if I've, I, yeah, I don't remember whether any of them. I just remember a bunch of them I've never heard. Anyway, the Australian versions, because they're the the yeah. Aussie versions had more tracks. No, they're just they're just like some versions have different tracks, like like, like the version of high voltage with the um, with that dog pissing on a generator. Oh god, that's, that's an entirely different record compared to the American high voltage. Really? Well, you know, they're like Beatles records back then. You know how you get oh, like yeah. the Meet the Beatles has this on it, and then Please Please Me, yeah, but then some okay, of the same songs, or yeah. you know, or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or Revolver and and uh, Yesterday and Today, it's all like the same songs, but rearrangement. Anyway. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, some so the song I want to play is is originally on the Australian High Voltage. And it is called. It's called it's cool. you ain't got a hold on me. Thank you, thank you. All right, here we go.
We're talking about the Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack and Mike and Angelo. It's polarizing. I didn't say it all. I'm not. I haven't heard it. I've heard it a few times, and it, it doesn't catch me. It doesn't. I think I, it's groovy, man. Okay. It's it's, it's got soul. It's oh, got a, it's got blues. It's got it's jazz. Got, you're about to sing Grease over I there like or something. It. Yeah. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's better than Grease. No, yeah, it's be- definitely better than Grease. No, it's not better than Grease. Oh, Grease is horrible. You like Grease, don't of you? Of course, oh, I, I, hate, I love I Grease. Grease. Come on, man. God, I hate that. I mean, the, I've seen I've Grease seen it. You've been in it. Yeah, you were in. Pl- Adrian, as we all know, is a childhood actor. You know, obviously. You know, but um, uh, the uh, you were the in Greece Greece. too is amazing too. Greece, no wait, Greece too. I saw that the other night. That's why I thought of this. Uh, I saw the beginning of the movie on TV. <laughs> oh my God, is it horrible? Are you kidding? But that, oh, that's uh, what's her name? Michelle, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer's in that. Michelle but then everybody Piper. else are like these B actor weird like like Teddy Boy guy. Teddy Boys. Um, Oh, it's awful. But Grease One is horrible too. The movie. Grease One's amazing. The, 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 I'll say that the the, li- the live musical is like okay. There's something to it. Maybe it's okay, but can't touch the Lords of Flatbush. <laughs> can't touch the Lords of Flatbush, man. So as we uh, as we come to a, a close here, as always, you can send uh, your physical media. To Lord Weird Slaufeg, P.O. Box 191301, San Francisco, California, 94119. And uh, and if you want to send us records, some precious wax from your collection, we will be happy to send them back, postage paid, directly to you, even priority mail if you wish, because we trust in the U.S. Postal Service to deliver our vinyl uh, safe and sound. And uh, Angelo, we like to call this the Wax Museum. The right Wax down here. Museum. Yeah. The, the Wax Mausoleum. So the Ooh, last, the last tune, Angelo, that you picked here is a, uh, is a what should you say, a tribute to Mr. What, Leslie West, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite guitar players, man. I love Mountain, and that was Bond when Leslie died. And, uh, you know, we just got to play some Mountain and give tribute to the man. Okay, and what's the song? Uh, Would you say... I think I wanted you to play Never in My Life. That's it. That's it. It's off of yeah, the uh, badass, man. album called Climbing. Yes, second album. Uh, well, actually, the first Mountain album, but his second album that he did. Would you say that Leslie already. West, would you say that the man was a, was like a mountain? Absolutely. I, I think his that's the best way like to talk about it. He, he was, was like a mountain. Massive. He was a massive. He was Yo, you a massive, massive, massive tone. <laughs> massive guy. Massive. Just Catalog number is Windfall 4501. Uh, rest in peace, Leslie West. This has been Slaughter Radio Season 2, Episode 3. Thank you, Angelo, for uh, tuning in and signing on and helping us to drop out. Yeah, man, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Okay, see you next time. Keep on reaching for yeah. the star.